Okay, well, I wanted to today, uh, Jeremy said you could do it, take ABF time, whichever direction you want to go. And so I didn't prepare a separate lesson. I just thought I would share some things that uh, perhaps are some things that we are doing in the ministry. And uh, first of all, I want to just mention that we appreciate so much each of the churches that supports us. And Martinsdale has been a huge supporting uh, uh, church in our uh, for many years, actually since around the time we began, and uh, that has been a tremendous encouragement. Uh, several years ago, we were we'd gone through a couple of years that we were actually operating in the red as a ministry, and that was a real concern to us. And um, we began to do some things to try to um, to try to turn that situation around. And uh, I know at that time Martinsville stepped in and was really encouraging to us in a financial way. We appreciate that. And um, it, it appears the Lord has turned that around. We're so thankful for that. We have a man who's coming, who's been our treasurer for the last couple of years. Cynthia dealt with so much of that stuff. That wasn't what she was called into our ministry to do, but she graciously took it on and has labored over it for many years now. And uh, now we have a person who's coming in and is helping us in that area, not only with the uh, accounting and the uh, that part of it, but also helping us as we strategize to move forward because we we really believe the uh, challenge is much greater ahead of us and we are uh, anxious to move into the uh, next stages of ministry we believe the Lord has for us. And so um, just that a little update, but um, we have, the Lord has given us opportunity to um, uh, perhaps expand our staff, perhaps double our staff. Uh, mentioned we have a person coming in uh, around the first of the year, uh, coming in by faith, really trusting that uh, God will provide financially and this person's willing to support themselves for a time. And then eventually, uh, hopefully the camp can take over some measure of support. Uh, we also have had a gift, um, not given to us yet, but promised to us, as we find uh, uh, perhaps a young man who would have a, a passion for this type of ministry. Uh, we are an outreach ministry, and so uh, sometimes people think of a camp and they just think of some programs that go on all the time. But we are a youth development ministry, and so not only are we developing young people, but we are continually reaching out and, and reaching into areas, just as Awana does, where we can... Um, uh, access young people who need to know Christ. And so that's a big part of our, our ministry as well. But um, anyway, I wanted to, this morning, I thought I'd just share with you a few things, a few little updates on our ministry and what we're doing. And then um, uh, we'll open it up to some questions. And then if there are no questions, maybe I'll share a few more things as well. Um, Camp Happiness began in 1989. Uh, we were kind of a spinoff of the Bethel Rescue Mission, but through several stages. So we weren't a direct spinoff. But uh, there was a group of persons who had been on the board of another ministry that came out of the mission. And at that time, uh, somewhat coincidentally, all of us who were involved were, were foster parents. And um, I only mention that because we all had a passion to help young people know Christ, okay? Yes, we want to work with kids in our churches. We think that's important, but we're, we're, we were quite purposeful in that we wanted to also be involved in outreach to young people um, because as I look around, 
I mean, I go back in my own life and the church I was in as a teenager had, back then uh, churches, some churches were sending out a lot of buses to pick up kids for Sunday school. How many of you remember that as a part of your background? A few of us do. And um, I remember one of the first churches I served in, they got an old bus and they wanted me to take it and pick up kids in this little town that didn't really have an active church. And so I, it was 12 miles from the town, Oskaloosa, Iowa. And uh, I canvassed every home on my own between Oskaloosa and that town and then every home in that town. And uh, out of that, we filled a busload of kids and brought them into our church. And uh, then another, uh, well, actually prior to that, uh, a friend of mine had, do you remember the um, kind of a cultic, I don't know if it's around anymore, group called the Children of God. I think it was called Children of God. Can't remember for sure. This friend of mine had been saved and then gotten into that group and then uh, the Lord had kind of rescued him out of it. And he came to me and said, you know, let's go out and try to, um, let's go out and try to, to reach people on the east side of Des Moines where I grew up. And so we, um, a church that we were with at that time gave us a bus to use. And we went out and we, we tried to, over the course of two years, to visit in every home from the fairground to East 16th Street, from University Avenue down to the railroad tracks, including that little neighborhood south of the fairground up there. If you're not a Des Moines person, that may not mean a lot to you. But anyway, that's quite a number of homes. And we, we began to work on it. And before long, we had that bus just packed with kids. In fact, today they would probably arrest us for coming in with kids packed in that way. But anyway, uh, it was fun. You know, it was, was really fun. But uh, our churches were doing things back then to reach out to kids. And I, I see a little less of that all the time anymore. And it kind of scares me because I, I think we're, you know, we're living in this country that is increasingly becoming even hostile toward the, the gospel. And I think we as Christians have to do everything we can to redouble our efforts in areas like Awana and Sunday school and, you know, whatever's working to get the word out um, and do what we can to, to reach out. And so anyway, when we um, put together the ideas for the camp, uh, I was pastoring a little church and not really intending to be in camp ministry. Really, I'd never gone to camp as a kid, actually. And um, we began to put together our ideas, and um, and without it had to be of the Lord. We weren't thinking of owning a camp; we were thinking of an outreach to kids. And uh, someone offered us a piece of land down on Lake Rathbun, and it was a it was a piece of farmland. It had been given to. Um, the first federated church in Des Moines to be a camp. They'd done a little bit of development on it, and then they got involved in a building program. Then it was given to the church that Caleb here, if you know Caleb's one of our, has been one of our camp counselors, uh, was given to that church, and they did a little bit of development on it. But basically when we got it, it was still a piece of farmland. And when we first looked at it, it was still planted in soybeans, and the ground was all frozen. So (laughs) it didn't look very attractive as a campground. In fact, my father, who's not a real visionary person, looked at it and he said, this is the most desolate place I've ever been. <laughs> but he, he lives there now. <laughs> He's retired, but he, he serves and works there with us sometimes. But anyway, um, <clears throat> so we began to put together uh, uh, a, a program just to reach out to kids. Our goal wasn't to be the biggest camp in the world or anything but to be um, a ministry that reached out with the gospel to young people. 
and people say, why do you have that crazy name? You know, well, that's our county name, so it's not crazy. But <laughs> we said we wanted a unique name, and so we thought that county name was kind of unique. And, um, and then we, uh, we purchased an old A-frame building, which probably none of you here remember it, but uh, it served as our chapel and dining hall for quite a, quite a few years. We finally tore it down. It was needing that. <laughs> uh, and God gave us something much better. Um, and then we were just about ready to start camp, I mean, six months out, and we didn't have a way to lodge kids. We were trying to think how we do this, whether we just use an odd collection of tents. And one of our board members found these seven big teepees. And uh, so we ended up with the teepees and the A-frame and this name, Appanoose. And then that became kind of our... Um, okay. <laughs> that became kind of our motif or our... Um, uh, you know, the Old West stuff really just came to us. It wasn't really our original plan or anything, but we've had a lot of fun with it over the years. And then, um, you know, we had people who loaned us horses and canoes and archery equipment and so on, and it all kind of fit the motif. So anyway, we had a lot of fun with it, and it began to develop over the years, and um, gradually I came to the point where I decided to commit to it full-time for the first decade or so was basically with almost no support, if any, very little, and uh, God just provided in different ways. A big step of faith, big step of growth in my life because it's hard to step out and not have support, and um, it's hard because we have trouble trusting God, the one person that we ought to trust more than anyone else. Um, but, uh, but anyway, it was a big challenge, big time growth in my life. But all that back to the fact that we need in our culture, we believe, to be reaching out with the gospel more and more and um, the struggle is that the culture continues to uh, go downhill, and we don't um, sometimes know how to reach into those difficult situations that we continually find ourselves in here. So anyway, um, that's kind of a round-the-barn <laughs> uh, description there. But do you have any questions? And Jeremy has the mic, so... If you have a question, these are going, this is being recorded. So if you have a question, it'll go on the recorder. That's why we need to use a mic, okay? Any questions at all? <laughs> at this point, Pat, what does your support look like? Do you have, you know, 10 churches? Do you have 50 churches? Where Where is your support coming from for your ministry? I really don't know for sure, but I know the last time I had a figure that there were about and Cynthia could be more accurate than I am. I think we figured about 18 churches that either support us regularly or occasionally. But I don't know if that's correct or not. Yeah. Yeah. Many individuals, a few businesses, and so it's kind of a collection of things. So, And one of the things that is a challenge to us is that we're really only set up for summertime operation. And... Um, we hope to change that someday, but that's a big step to do that. And so we're working on some plans. It'll probably be kind of a telescoping plan for development that we'll start with. We have a property next to us that's coming up for sale that we very much need, not only for the facility that's there, but also because if we got the wrong neighbor in there, it could create a lot of problems for us. And so we're hoping to purchase that facility before too long, and that'll actually give us one, possibly two housing units for, for
for staff, which will be helpful, as well as maintenance facilities, and then some other things as well. Um, so that's, that's step one. But along with that, we'd really like to couple in maybe our first step of development in an uh, all-season all, all lodging facility, which will get us into more of an all-season operation. We're ne- not really interested in being a major rental-type facility. I know some camps have done that, and we're willing to do that, mostly with our churches, but we don't want to get into all of the uh, challenges that come with uh, in our society with being a rental facility. So, Other questions you might have? Any more? <coughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about like how many kids go through your camp in the summer mm-hmm. times? Can you talk a little bit about yeah. attendance just to get an idea? We have about several hundred kids that come through in the summertime. Um, we have them come through in different programs, and uh, most of our camps are five-day camps. They start on Sunday evening. They conclude on Saturday morning, so we have five full days there with the kids. Uh, we've started in the last couple of years... Um, running one of our programs for eight days. It's our older teen program, and we actually have a, a time when the kids go away on a, either a bike trip or canoe trip or horse trip away and so on. And so that's an eight-day program, and then we do the Rocky High camps out in, the, in, the, in Colorado. We're licensed outfitters out there, so um, we're, we're able to do some, I think, some really neat programs. Um, as far as where we are right now, um, I don't know that we will grow a lot with the facility we have. Uh, there obviously is room to grow. We've got uh, uh, some types, sometimes in the summer that it's harder to fill the facility as far as, for instance, in June. There's just so much <laughs> competition with ball games and everything else. Um, but as our facility grows and develops, hopefully we can also increase our capacity quite a bit. We recognized quite a few years ago uh, being in southern Iowa, and there are some differences in southern Iowa. One, uh, it's, not, it's not the most prosperous part of Iowa. I don't like to say that, that I don't like to paint it as a, a terribly impoverished area because it's not that. Um, but it, it's not as prosperous as, say, the Des Moines area. And so um, a lot of the churches did not have youth programs, or if they did have, they weren't reaching very many kids. So we thought, well, we can help supplement that by having a year-round program. So that's the main thing that we do year-round other than some incidental. Uh, we have, it's called Surf Club. And it's not really going strong right now. We're hoping after the first year to get back into a better pattern. COVID and a whole bunch of things have affected us in the last year or two. So, what we, what we try to do in, with Surf Club, it's not an overnight thing. It's a Saturday afternoon activity, and then what we call Bible talk time or chapel time like. So, Any other questions? Caleb's been a counselor there. If you have a question you would like to direct to him, you could do that. <laughs> I'm volunteering him anyway, so <laughs> I, I think he'd be willing for that. <laughs> Any other questions you have? Yeah. Well, I've I've listened to the reports from some of the counselors. Mm-hmm. It seems like you guys come from all over. How do you um where are they former 
uh, camp campers that get to be um, counselors, or how do you recruit for your staff? I think when we started out, we were kind of idealistic, and we thought that we would gather counselors as we had kids come through our programs and mature. Um, One thing we gradually realized was a lot of the kids, especially those who come um, without a Christian background, there's just a lot of groundwork that needs to be laid in their lives. And so we started a program, um, a training program, which focused on a biblical worldview. I don't know how many of you are familiar with Summit Ministries in Colorado. Uh, We actually used quite a bit of their material. Initially, we used their videos even. And then we uh, kind of grew beyond that in a sense. And we, that's tremendously valuable material. We'd like to go back to it someday. I would like to see us use it again. But uh, we started to realize that a lot of the young people uh, that are coming to us, even some from good churches basically, really needed a, a more of a biblical foundation. And so several of us put together a course we call Turger. Uh, if you know what Turger pressure is in a plant, it's the it's water pressure on the cell walls that uh, keep a plant upright. So when a plant wilts, it's lost its Turger. Um, and the Bible speaks of in Psalm 1 of the person who's planted by streams of water um, that uh, they, they thrive and prosper. And so it is in our lives as we draw from the word of God, we grow and prosper and so on. So we've just drawn a parallel there. Trigger is actually um, started out as seven areas of Bible teaching, uh, Bible doctrine. Uh, I think it's grown to several more now, but it goes over three years. If the kids, young people come all three years, they go through the whole course. Um, we're continuing to develop it and refine it, but uh, Pastor Jeremy and Daniel really do all of the teaching for Turger, and so that's been a huge blessing. They, I know the young people who've come through that, they look forward to their interaction with uh, Jeremy and Daniel, and we hope that eventually that that course will also be offered, uh, well, we're offering it even now to college students. I think last year we had two or three who came who were not working at camp and uh, we hope that that becomes even a bigger thing. So. Yeah, and uh, to answer like where we come from, a lot of times I live ten minutes away from camp, and that's how I got to know it. And actually, like I lived at that place for a while, and I was about eleven when I first heard about camp, and then I came as a camper. And but like Essa, he's been going his whole life as a camper, and uh, he he worked with us one summer. And so there's people that come from the, this area who grew up at camp, but then also we do a lot of recruiting at colleges, like Bible colleges. And so I go to Faith Baptist Bible College right now, and uh, thankfully in the past few years they've become a little bit more open with allowing us to come and recruit there. And so we've had four or five staff members in the past two or three years that have been from there. And uh, my older sister, Brianna, some of you might know her, uh, she she uh, also works there, but she goes to faith as well. And then we've had a lot of students from Emmaus over the past years. A lot of my counselors, when I was a camper, came from Emmaus. Um, and we've recruited at Moody and other schools. And uh, But and really, some people may have come from different schools of thought in some ways, but it's really encouraging that we can all be united in the gospel of Christ mm-hmm. and the Turger camp has been very beneficial for my own life, learning uh, 
just the foundational truths of scripture. And that's actually even been helpful for me in college. So it's not just a, a, Pat would totally agree with me on this. It's not just an investment in the campers. It's also very much an investment in the staff. And, uh, like my life would be very different if I hadn't had the experiences that I've had at camp and even as a counselor, not just as a camper. Thanks, Caleb. And, and th- that uh, is true. We have, uh, I was just up at Faith that what I saw you there, I didn't see Bree. Um, is that two weeks ago? Something like that. Uh, they have two events of the year <clears throat> in the year when we can come up and recruit. And um, so we've done that. Uh, Emmaus Bible College has been a, a good source of uh, recruiting staff. We've also recruited from uh, Calvary Bible College in Kansas City and Grace University, which is no longer in existence, but uh, in Moody and, uh, and several other schools as well. And we're hoping in the next year or two to broaden our recruiting some. Uh, we have another staff person coming on in, in January, and we've kind of just artificially said, well, I'll go west and he'll go east. And so there's several of the schools over, for instance, in um, the Ohio-Indiana quarter there uh, that plan their recruiting. So Cedarville University, if you're familiar with that at all, and Taylor University and um, Moody, I believe. I can't remember. There's several of them over that way that you can go to, and uh, they have special staff recruitment days, and then there'll be another one a few hundred miles away. So we can actually move from one to the next to the next for several days. So we'll probably do that uh, before long. And um, But anyway, we, we recruit from different places, and then some young people have come up in our programs. I think one of the things that uh, again, this year was just really reinforced to me. Um, there, we've not set a definite age limit as to staff, but I find that the 16, 17-year-olds who work at camp, and that wasn't true for Caleb because he came very young, um, but some of them, it's, they're not ready. They're not ready to work at camp. So we're, we're aiming a little higher <laughs> age-wise. Any other questions you might have? I'm going to give you a couple things here that you can take home. Um, if you were at our event last weekend, you would have probably received one of these. Cynthia, would you help me with this? Or Caleb, great. Um, this is our, it's called the Gazette. It's just an annual publication that we put out. Uh, tells a little bit, of a little bit of an update on the ministry. Uh, we make it available at our November event. And um, you can take it home and read it over a little bit. One of the things that you'll see in this is... Um, a, a neat opportunity that came our way a, a, a couple of years ago. We were actually looking for some ways to reach out more to the school system. And of course, we're very strong young earth creationists. We have been ever since we began the camp. In fact, I s- started in camp ministry with the strong conviction that um, uh, our teaching has to build on what I call the four pillars in the Bible. The fact of the creation, which tells us God's purpose in making us, uh, the fall, which is our human condition, uh, the flood, which speaks of God's judgment, but also salvation, and then the division of the nations, which brings us to an understanding of why we are the way we are in the societal aspect of, of the world. And so anyway, we build on those four foundations. Well, um, of course, that doesn't, always dovetail with what is being taught in the 
in the, the broader school system, but we still want to have an outreach. So one of the things that we've done uh, back, oh, probably uh, 20 years ago, I started getting involved a little bit in, in outdoor education through uh, one of the school systems down in southern Iowa. And uh, then more recently, we began, Caleb's mom actually is a, a graduate of the Institute in Creation Research and has a real passion for creation science. She's, we call her our camp creationist. We were calling her our camp naturalist. She said, no, I'm camp creationist. And so I like that. But anyway, um, she helped us put together a program that where we would bring the kids in and we would just do some outdoor education. We don't speak of creation versus evolution because we can't do that with a public school setting, but we talk about uh, the world. We talk about design. And one of my favorite phrases is the fingerprints of the creator are all over the design uh, that he has, has given us in this world. So anyway, uh, we actually had that program within a couple of days of opening it. It was totally filled. We had a hundred and was it 120 spots in it, something like that? It was over 100. I think it was 120. And it was completely filled within a couple of days. So the opportunity was there. And by the way, the schools that, you know, that we are friends with, I think they know that we are creationists. So it's not like we're, we're uh, bringing something on that they don't realize we are. But they also trust us not to be trying to um, create trouble and so on. So anyway, we had the completely full. Well, then COVID struck and we had to cancel all that. But in the process, and I'm not sure if I'm getting the whole story straight, Caleb, you can correct me if you remember it a little differently. In the process, somehow Caleb's mom came up with a grant that um, uh, wanted us to do a demonstration plot with natural prairie grass, uh, oak savanna, and a natural wetland. We had a wetland that we were struggling with on the campground and it was creating some problems for us. And we said, hey, wait a minute, that's our starting point. So we then designated an area away from that as being our prairie area. And then um, with the ash borer beetle that came through, we lost all the ash trees in our wagon camp. And we said, you know, um, the settlers coming across in the covered wagons would have loved to found an oak savanna to park their wagons under, you know, and have some shade. So we'll make that our savanna. <laughs> so we were able to get about 50 uh, oak and, and hickory trees, and uh, we researched a little bit what trees were actually in a savanna. And we planted those in the wagon camp. We've got a little piece of prairie grass. We've got a natural wetland, and we hope to do more with it in the next phase. We're actually probably going to run it down into a, a rain garden. So we'll be able to demonstrate a number of different things to the kids. And then along with that, we've had the idea for a long time of building kind of a, uh, finally we came to the term discovery center. Uh, we wouldn't use the term creation museum. That might uh, seem a little grandiose with the big one that's over there uh, in Kentucky. But uh, anyway, um, so it's a discovery center. And um, it will, will feature our creation science teachings and uh, all of those things. And anyway, included in that grant was enough to put the, just put the footings in for that. That's all we have so far. So we're hoping that within the next couple of years that we'll be able to obtain some funding and get that stru structure up because it will give us both a place for artifacts and also a place for more instructional uh, programs related to creation science. And then as an aside, along with it, we are hoping to build a little 
observation tower, which will be there so they can use the telescope and they can see uh, the stars and talk about stars and, and so on, the night sky. So anyway, that's, that's uh, one of the things that's being mentioned here in the Gazette, if you get a chance to read it over. And then there's another uh, item here, Caleb, if you'd help me on this one too. Um, and this is what we call the Trail of Youth Development. Uh, we were trying to put together kind of a philosophy or a scheme for our, mess, our, our ministry. And uh, several years ago, we changed our name from Camp Apanus to uh, Apanus Ministries Incorporated. Now, we still operate as Camp Apanus. It doesn't change. We say our venue is camping. Uh, that's how we, how we uh, express our ministry and express our, our mission. But um, this trail of youth development helps people understand a little bit better why we do things. I mean, some people will look at a ministry like ours and they think, well, you just want to have all the brightest lights you can get, you know, all the bells and whistles and games and whatever so that a lot of kids will come. And of course, we do want to do those things. We want to draw kids in. We want them to come to our camp. And I always, every now and then, will sit down and dream about what we could do with a big block of money if somehow it would ever come to us, you know, ways we could make camp a lot more attractive, a lot more fun, and so on. We want to do those things. But we also are very committed to developing young people. And uh, as you know, we are not committed to a uh, kind of a cheap grace. Uh, we're committed much more to uh, reaching out to young people, presenting the gospel, and also working to disciple and help them to grow. And so um, we decided to kind of rebrand ourselves as a youth development ministry, and our venue is camping. If you'll see here on this uh, little little chart here, or little uh, 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 mural here, it kind of shows the way that we uh, that we work as a, as a ministry. 24% of the, of the population of America is below 18, I believe. And how do we draw kids into our ministry? Well, uh, I used to say it's through unique programs and things we do and uh, trying to do um, unique things with our facility, which at that time we didn't have very much facility, but we tried to have a lot of fun with what we had and, and kids uh, came. But then I began to realize more and more that the, really the basic um, uh, values that were part of who we are and how we reach out to kids was really what, what was drawing kids. And one of them is that we try to be sure that when kids come to our camps that they have a sense of belonging. And early on we said that we really didn't want to have big dormitories with kids. In fact, we had some persons who came in we were just starting the camp and they really thought that we ought to build some big dormitories so we could house you know, 50 kids in a unit or something like that. And we said, no, we, we really don't want to approach it that way. We, we really want to build uh, young people who will be big brother, big sister mentors to our kids. So that when they come to camp, they don't feel like they're just part of a big program, but they're connected in some way. And we feel that has a twofold benefit. One, it's a draw to kids. They're kids who, everywhere I go when I meet our campers, they'll talk to me about who their counselor was. Caleb's name comes up from time to time. And others, you know, who have counseled at camp. And um, uh, the kids remember the person who was their connection to the things that they were taught at camp. The other side of the benefit to that is that we want to help young people who work at camp 
to grow in their ability to mentor and nurture younger persons. And that's something that can be a benefit to them in the camp ministry, obviously, but also as parents someday, in the local churches, all of those settings, hopefully that will be a way uh, that they can develop and, and, and uh, uh, move forward. So anyway, the, um, the draw becomes this thing of belonging. And then secondly, we call it significance because we say we're not really there to entertain kids, even though we have a lot of fun. Um, but we want kids to be part of it, okay? We don't want them just to be observers out there seeing the show that we put on for them. Now we do some things that are just fun, you know, of course we do. But um, we want the kids who come to camp to be uh, to be involved. It's very important. And we don't all have to be involved the same way. You know, the best example I think of is a girl who came to horse camp one year, and she uh, had her riding helmet and everything, and she loved horses. But it came time to ride, and she said, I don't like to ride horses. But she would come. She'd help us saddle. She'd help us do all kinds. But by Thursday, we had talked her into doing her obligatory horse ride. <laughs> And she did it, and she came back in tears, and she said, I love horses, but I don't like to ride, you know. And our purpose at camp is not to shove square pegs into round holes, okay, but to help kids find ways that they can be involved and be part of it and not be observers. We think American kids are entertained too much, and we don't want to be a part of that. We want to be encouraging them to be involved. And the third thing is we feel that we grow through challenge. I started in camping, in wilderness camping. First camp I went to, um, I was, a, I was a, the leader of the group. It was in southern Colorado. And um, uh, what a challenge that was. In fact, the first night I laid there in my sleeping bag in a tent up in the mountains, and I said, Lord, just get us out of this alive. You know, I'll never do it again. <laughs> so all these years later, we're still doing it. But anyway, didn't keep my word, I guess. But anyway, um, uh, the challenges that come to us, and we, we categorize those challenges. The Bible says that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man, and we see uh, that growth um, in kids' lives. And we, when we evaluate how kids have responded to our ministry toward the end of the week, we always look back at those four things. Were they challenged in those four areas of life? Did we see growth in any one of them or several of them, perhaps? Um, and that, that's how we gauge ourselves. But we find that those are the things that, cha- that draw kids, that they have a sense of belonging when they come, that they're challenged, that they also feel they're part of it. They're not just an observer for the show that we can put on, okay? And then um, our, our challenge, of course, is that they would grow in those four areas of their lives. And some kids come to us and they have uh, tremendous deficits in maybe one or two or even all of those areas. Some know nothing about the gospel. Some know nothing about the spiritual foundations that we build our ministry on. Uh, some have very poor social skills, you know? And uh, we go on and on. Some have... Uh, bad physical habits, okay? And so we try to help them to grow in each of those areas. It's a growth challenge in their lives. And uh, ultimately, that's pointing them to a path of learning, that they would become invested in really knowing God and knowing what he, uh, purpose, uh, what he, he his purpose is, is in our lives. And then uh, as that develops, we want to help them develop in every area of their life and that's why we have courses like Trigger and, and a few other things we're doing and more we hope to do in the, in the near future as well. 
so that they would develop a uh, philosophical and spiritual and personal uh, development in their lives. And our goal is always that they would become missional, that they would um, have a selfless task orientation toward life. They may not ever go to a Bible college, and maybe they will. But if they don't, we want them still to have the sense that God has a purpose for our lives. And as we follow him, as we live for him, whatever profession he leads us into, um, that we will be missional about it and realize that we're his representatives here. So anyway, that kind of, in a quick way, describes uh, our philosophy of ministry and how we've developed over the years. Do you have any questions, thoughts, suggestions, anything? Cynthia, do you have anything you want to add in? (laughs) Not right now. Okay. (laughs) Okay, well, it's been really good to share with you guys today, and um, um, I hope this has been maybe a little bit helpful in kind of understanding our ministry. Uh, We've enjoyed having the Martinsville kids come down during our staff training week, and they get a lot of projects done, and and, uh, they're just Martinsville youth fingerprints are all over the campground and we we appreciate that a lot uh if you haven't been down before you ought to come down and just see some of the projects that the kids have done and of course we love having kids in camp and all who come down and volunteer and uh, support the ministry in so many ways you know it's not our ministry it's the lord's ministry and all of us who belong to him are really part of that so let's uh let's just finish our time and ask the lord to Uh, Take the thoughts that we've shared and take them home with us and and that he will be glorified. Heavenly Father, uh, we again thank you for the opportunity we've had this morning to just talk over the camp ministry a little bit. And I pray, Father, that as we leave here that you will help uh, each person in this room to be better prepared to pray for the camp and not just for uh, for Camp Appanoose, but also for our outreach in this world. We thank you for the Iwana Clubs and many other things that are being done, some by individuals, to reach out to young persons and people all around us who need Christ. And I pray, Father, that we'll be encouraged in that and that we'll be faithful. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.